में the early days of my Christian life, I was so intrigued by signs and wonders. In our understanding of the uh, gifts of the Spirit, I thought you have to be special uh, for God to put that on you. And anyone who manifested the gift was holy <laughs> and special. And then I found out we can all be used by God in the gifts if we understand the gifts. And so Christian maturity is not judged by the gifts working in a person's life. I found that out a hard way. However, if you are mature, God can use you greatly in the gifts. And those who are not mature have the gifts, but they are like a race car without brakes. <laughs> they can do a lot of damage too. <laughs> uh, so tonight I want to continue with uh, the ministries and gifts of the Holy Spirit. Would you please stand up and uh, let's say a confession here. I pray that God will really touch your heart today. We, when we look at the gifts, we quickly push them aside because we were, that's, that's not for me. You don't have that right. You don't have that right. If it's in the book, it's for you. And if you have no desire at all to walk in the gifts, something is missing. Uh, because that's just the way it is. Uh, it's not optional. If it's there in the book, it's for you. And you really need to look at it, study it, ask God for help, and God will use you uh, through the gifts. It's given to the church. Lord God, okay, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, it's a good confession because we all hear, and some hear, and some don't. It's only through God's gifts. I said the last week that the gifts, the fruits of the Spirit, is found in Galatians chapter 5 and just a few verses. But the manifestation of this Spirit, that is what we call the sign gifts, we'll talk more about that. The sign gifts, they are found in three chapters in the Bible. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Please understand that there were no chapters when they were reading. When the, the book was written, there were no chapters. It was a continuous thing. So Paul was discussing the gifts of the Spirit beginning from chapter 12 all the way through chapter 14. So don't separate them. Everything that you see in those chapters have to do with the gifts of the Spirit. Please understand it that way. Otherwise, you may focus on the gifts and forget the rest of it. But Paul has a message for us. So we should focus on, on uh, those messages that Paul 
has for us. The manifestation gifts is what we're talking about. Remember, we talked about the gifts of God, the gifts of the Spirit. There are three categories of gifts, not just this, uh, the manifestation gift or what are referred to as signs, sign gifts. Uh, there is the motivational gifts that you can find in uh, uh, Romans chapter 12. Paul talked about those gifts and that's administration. That's part of it. Administration is not what you will consider as a gift of the Spirit. But some people can admit, administer things. That's their nature. That's what they are into. So God, those are motivational gifts, gifts that God gives to you naturally, and you can operate in those gifts. Uh, there are people, they just serve. They just want to serve. Uh, they do anything to help. They, if you want to do something, they're there. And they can organize people. These are gifts given to people. We don't call them those spiritual gifts because they are no strong gifts. But they are also gifts. And in um, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning verse 11, God also has gifts. And these gifts are persons. It says he ascended up and then he, he, he gave gifts to men. So the gifts, the, prof, the uh, apostle, the apostle is a man. The prophet is a man. The teacher is a man. So we have these fivefold ministries. Those are people, individuals that God has given to the church. But also we have the manifestation gifts. That's another, when Paul says there are diversities of gifts, that's what he's talking about. Diversities of gifts. So we have the manifestation gifts, all the sign gifts. We also have the motivational gifts found in Romans chapter 12. But we also have the gifts that God gave to the church, people that God gave to the church, that those people can help the church to become one in Christ, having one doctrine, those are individuals, teachers, pastors, all of those five-fold ministries God's given to the church. And so I want to focus at this time on the manifestation gifts or the sign gifts that you find in First Corinthians chapter 12, chapter 13, and chapter 14. And so we go to that scripture here. Uh, you can find these gifts in First Corinthians chapter 12, beginning from verse 8 through 11. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the Spirit. Through the same Spirit. So this, the one who gives the word of wisdom, the Spirit is also the one that gives to one, to, to another, the word of knowledge. And to another, faith, that's a spiritual gift. It's, this is different, we'll come into that. This is different from the faith that you have through the word. This is a different kind of faith. Then faith by the same spirit to another gifts of healings by the same spirit to another the working of miracles to another prophecy to another discerning of spirits to another different kinds of tongues to another interpretation of tongues. tongues but one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually or severally as he wills. The key thing here to, to think about is all of the different gifts are given to 
individuals by the same spirit, the spirit of God that does that. So it's one spirit that gives all of those. So that ends in, you have verse 11. So it tells you all of the gifts, the nine gifts of the spirit. You can find them from verse 8 through 11. But notice what Paul does. If you go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12, that's the next verse, right after 11, he says this. For, you always know, you have to stop and think about, what is this for? What is it there for? Because he said all of the gifts, mention all of the gifts, and then he says, because, now he's trying to discuss the gifts, because as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body. So, are you talking about the spirit and the gifts of the spirit? And then you move from there. Now you're talking about the body being one. How do we connect? What's going on here? Why are you dropping from that to body being one. Basically, what's saying is one of the foundations of the manifestations of the gifts, one of them, we have three that I'm going to talk about tonight. The number one thing is unity. That's what he's saying. Notice he's always telling you the same one and the same spirit. One and the same spirit. By the same spirit. The, spirit, the same spirit. So he's telling you, if you want the gifts of God to manifest in your church, there's got to be unity. Guess what Satan does the most in churches? Oh, people get offended for flowers. I don't like the color of that flower. And, and, and they have taught World War uh, based on the fact that the music was too loud this morning. You see, the thing that's happening is this. Satan doesn't like unity. He hates it. Because if two shall agree concerning anything, if you can find two people, they have to be in agreement. That they will ask on the earth, it will be granted. So Satan doesn't want any of us to agree with the other person. He always says, well, I agree, but. So he doesn't like it. That's the point here. The gifts cannot function in a church continuously and in a powerful way unless there is unity. Unless there is unity. So important. So you see, we're not talking about, it uses the word for. You talk about the gifts and then go for, and then you start talking about the body. Because the gifts given to the body. Not to you. The body. You are just a part of the body. That's why you see people who are giving a gift, maybe prophecy, they think they have a ministry now because I can prophesy. Or, you know, I have what. And so they start a new ministry. Out of that, guess what happens over time? They start drifting and start saying silly stuff and start acting silly. And before long, they are consumed. Because you can't operate outside the body. The eye cannot say, just because I'm the eye I can see, I'm not part of the body. Paul talked about that. You can't say, you can only operate in the body. Unity. 
That's why it's not there in the church. The Bible, if, now in first, uh, if, uh, Ephesians chapter 4, it says that they can come, that this, these fivefold ministries, ministries, they are supposed to bring the body so that we become one in understanding. I know my calling is not, I don't believe this, you know, as a man, a prophet, maybe God wants that, I don't know. But so I bring people who have the gift of prophecy to help us. We're still the same body. It doesn't matter whether they're from Wagadugu, excuse me. It doesn't matter. As long as they have the gift and they can pour out that anointing on our church, come in, come in. Come and talk to us. Come and talk to us. We are still the same body. Every Sunday morning, I'm always very aware when we pray back there, if you're with me, my mind is all over the world. I know I'm not alone. I know that I have brothers and sisters all over the world. And we are worshiping this one God. Some were up before I got up. And they've worshipped their back home now because they've been with the master. They are full of joy. I want to join them. We're one. We're one. That's what he's talking about. Listen, right after, let me go from verse 11. It says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one, how many? Everyone. You can. If you are part of the body of Christ, you got your gift. God can give to you a gift for the body. To supply that need to the body. The gift is for warfare. And, and, and if you have the gift, speak the gift. Use the gift so that I can benefit. If you're not using the gift, if you're scared to use the gift, then I lose somehow. I'm, I'm missing something somehow, somewhere. So that's the essence of the gift. Not to say, well, God give me the gift so you can stay home and sit in, in your your chair or whatever at home, telling everybody, I got the gift. And when they come to church on Sunday morning, and the guys, you believe you have the gift of healing, and, and the whole church believes that's your gift. It's not the body's gift, it's your gift. And so the guy comes and says, I want to be healed. He says, oh, you came on the wrong Sunday. The gift of healing is out of church this Sunday. He's going to be back next Sunday. And so you can come and receive your healing. No. No. It's the Holy Spirit's gift. And it gives to whoever is open for the body. Not for you. He goes through you because you are willing to be used. He goes through you to minister to his people so that they can profit from the gifts. And, but we have to do everything in unity. So severally, he gives, and he can give several gifts. I know when we talk about the gifts, we are always, you know, basically defining them. Word of wisdom, word of what? But I tell you what, you can be talking to a person and three of the gifts have manifested and you're not aware of it. One after the other. You got the word of knowledge and then the word of wisdom and then, and then you got some prophecy. And you, all of them can be taking place. And you are not totally, and then I told you, hey, did you just know you were, you moved in the gift of wisdom? Oh, really? I did? <laughs> because it's the Holy Spirit's gift. And it's not for you. He's the one for whom you're ministering. I'm always aware of it. 
that by the grace of God, that this thing is not because of me, it's because of them. He loves them, and I happen to be the tool that God wants to use. If you view it that way, then you don't have anything to prove. And then you're humble. And then God can use you. But if you have something to prove to people, I've got the gift. Uh, The gifts and callings are without repentance. God will use you, but before long, you start drifting. Because you're not giving honor to the one to whom honor is due. You think it's you. So the thing is for the body. I found out this. It's for the body. For the body. It's not just you having the gift. It is for the body. And it distributes severally as he will to the body. If you are open on Sunday, pray when you're coming to church. God use me today. Amen. To minister to somebody. To bring smile to, for, for them to be able to smile before God. Yes, God can use you. And as you walk in, you look at the person, can I pray for you? And then you pray, and they think, my God, how did this person know I'm going through this? Because they're praying for it. Amen? Guess what? Just God gave you a word of knowledge, and you are totally unaware of it. But they go home happy. Amen? That's what it's all about. It's about the body. It's a spiritual, these are spiritual weapons for the church. For as the body is one, and as many members. Notice he never says anything about the gifts. He's just talking about the body. So unity is so important. As many members of that one body, being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Verse 14. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. So again, try to understand, and he goes deep into this. He goes on to talk about the I, not saying I'm not part of the body, but he's talking about the gifts of the spirit. Because he didn't quit in chapter 14, he picks it up again. And towards the end of the chapter, he starts talking again about this, the gifts of the Spirit. So, you have to put that in mind. So, the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit, number one, is unity. The second part of it is, is love. But let me finish with the uh, unity part of it. Notice, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit came, how were the disciples? In Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. All of them. That's when the Holy Spirit came. What if they were not in one accord? Why did the Holy Spirit choose to put those words there? Why do we need that? He could have said, they were all in one place, right? And we'll still get the message. But one accord is very important. You need the move of the Spirit. One accord is so important. The same thing goes with the family. Hello. Husband and wife. One accord. You want God's Spirit to walk in your house? Be in 
one accord. If you continue to have uh, third world war in your home, the Holy Spirit says, I'm so uncomfortable in this place. I need to find somewhere to hide, okay? Get out of this home. And you miss your blessings. You miss your blessings. I feel sorry for families where husband and wife, they're constantly battling one thing after the other. Everybody in that home is going to suffer. The kids will suffer. Everybody's going to suffer. Finances, maybe will suffer. I'm paying my tithe. Yes, but you're fighting in your home all the time. And the spirit cannot have peace. He's a gentleman. He comes in there, there's got to be peace. If there's constant rancor, he cannot move. He can't talk to your children. There's too much noise in the home. Unity. They were in one accord. In one place. Not divided. Every little thing, you know, I've been, we've been, Angel and I have been a pastor for a while. This is like a joke. And I'm not happy. I'm going to go find another church. You can go. <laughs> By the time you get in there, the place becomes imperfect. That's just the way it is. My attitude is changed because you're a pastor, you have to nurture. I had this attitude. You want to go, you can go. That's your business. But <laughs> I got caution. Don't, don't do stuff like that. Because people think, you know, you don't. It's okay. I have only one person to answer to. All I have to do is love the people. That's very important. We have to be in one accord. Watch out for it. It's so important. That we stay, if we want God's spirit, and I'm hearing God's doing some marvelous things among us. Not here alone, but in, in Calvert as well. God's spirit is, is, is working. I heard just recently, yesterday, somebody's going to testify. And we're praying with somebody here. Two people praying. And they, these new people, they felt like somebody was standing behind them that's so big with a shadow over them. And it, they, they could feel it, probably with their eyes closed, but they could feel the presence of somebody. And you heard the testimony of the person felt like, are you lifting me up? Why, why? We are in one accord. I'm not aware of what's going on here. I have no idea. I'm the pastor. Yeah, you are, but you are totally clueless about what God's doing here. And I'm happy because this the Spirit of God is doing it. Why? We are in one accord. And more will come if we stay in one accord. Believing God as a unit before God. If you read in Acts chapter 1, the first few chapters of Acts, they were like one soul, remember? And God was pouring people into the church. As many, they were getting saved. We fast and pray all the time, and we don't see a lot of people saved. The people were begging to be saved, you see, right? They were just pouring in. And the Lord added to the church as many as should be saved. The Lord was the one added, adding to the church. But the body, they were at, as one soul. And guess what the scripture says? And great grace was upon them. Not some grace. Great grace was upon the congregation. The whole people of God. Because they ate their meals like they were one. They were like one family. That's missing from the church. When we have unity and we work together, the Holy Spirit will be doing a lot among us. And so Satan seeks to divide us and 
for little things cause problems. People don't like this. I don't come to church to find, figure out what is, what's not done right. I came to worship God. And that's all I'm after. And it's so important. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, it says, Now I plead with you, brethren, by this name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing. I'm pleading with you. Why is he pleading? Because unity is so important to God. And Jesus prayed in, in, in uh, John 17. He says, that they may be one as we are one. So, oneness before God is so important. That's how God gets his glory. Jesus prayed for it. And Satan sowed seeds of discord in the congregation among God's people. And they are fighting about things that don't matter. Things that don't matter at all. They fight about it and they are divided. One goes this way and the other goes that way. And sometimes they don't talk to each other. And then you have to really plead with them to forgive. Well, I can't forgive everybody except for that brother. Well, it's not going to work for you that way because you don't have grace when you can't forgive. It takes grace to forgive. And you telling me you can't forgive, that tells me you don't have grace upon your life. God's grace is not upon your life. If you have God's grace, you forgive just like that. It takes grace to forgive. And grace comes from God and God alone. So unity is very important. Paul says, I plead with you. I plead with you that you speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. Why do we disobey God, the Spirit's command, and we think it's okay? We should spot that division in person that is trying to cause problems and rebuke them. Don't tolerate it. When you tolerate it, you are going against what the Spirit says. I, I just remind you, Scripture, you know that the Bible says for us to be one, and they'll stop talking. And they'll go find somebody that will listen to them. We have to watch out for this. These people, or whoever, they hinder what God's doing here. And in any church. And they think, Satan will deceive them to make them think that they are standing for God. They're not standing for God. It's not according to scriptures. You hinder the move of the Spirit. It was, there was so much in unity that Peter's shadow is healing people in the streets. Angels were showing up. So unity is very important. Very, very important. He says, speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. The Holy Spirit has to do that for us. But see, we have to be willing. And the key thing is humility. Humility. When people don't want, you know, most likely drawing attention to self, I guess I'm preaching to the wrong crowd on <laughs> <this> Sunday morning. <laughs> but humility is so important. Romans 16 verse 17 it says, Now I urge you, brethren, again, you see, the Bible says, In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. God really puts a serious price 
on unity in his church. And he says this, Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you learned. And guess what? Avoid them. Avoid them. Avoid them. Is that critical where you don't want to talk to me? No, brother. (laughs) You got your own ways, okay? And I'm not part of that group. We should spot them and instantly move away because unity is so, is so important. We don't have to agree about different, all kinds of stuff, but we still keep that love and unity among ourselves. We're individuals, but we don't let those cause. Notice right after he goes through all of that, he says we should desire spiritual gifts. If we read to the end of uh, towards the end of chapter twelve, desire spiritual gifts. It wants you to because these things cannot happen by you just waiting. You have to desire spiritual gifts. You have a part to play. If you don't desire spiritual gifts, these things will not happen. He talked about those. The, the power of the gifts. But then he says, I'll show you a more excellent way. I'll show you something more powerful than that. But he's still talking about the gifts. And then he goes into the chapter 13, talking about love. Right? That's the more excellent way. It is all these things, all these theoses, and all of that. But, but then he goes to the one that is real. Whether there are tongues, they will cease, right? And people say, well, tongues have ceased. No, you're not. It's not. It doesn't cease. It's still there. Whether there is knowledge, word of knowledge, knowledge, all of that will pass away, right? Faith, that also. But then there's one. Love. So again, he's talking about the spirit. But he's saying, even faith works by love. We talked about it on Sunday. Faith works through love. All the gifts work through love. So he, then he goes into uh, love itself. And he says, he tells you, even though you use the gifts, or you may, if it's possible for you to walk in the gifts, I believe you can. Because the gifts and callings of God were without repentance. But then he tells you this. First Corinthians 13 verse 1. He says, Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. I have become sounding brass or clanging symbols. Basically, you need love if you're going to operate in that. That's when the Holy Spirit can really walk in the church. If we have love one for another. Guess what Jesus talked to us about? Love. By these shall men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for the other person, he wants you to love one another. Why is it important? Because the gifts cannot operate. God cannot do what... There may be faith, but God's not able to work where there is no love. Because faith works through love. 
And all the other gifts will work through love as well. So even if you do that, it says you're just making noise. You're just you're speaking in tongues, but there's no love in your heart. You're not, prog- you're not progressing. You're not profiting. It's not benefiting you. It's not benefiting anyone. Because for it to benefit, that is, tongues will benefit you and those around you. Because it changes something in you that can change something in another person. But if love is not mixed with it, you're just making noise. It's not going anywhere. Nothing is changing. You're not changing. They're not changing. You can't reach anybody. Because you're just making noise. Empty vessels make the most noise. Excuse me. It's what it is. When there is no love, the vessel is empty. Amen. If you don't say amen, I say amen. That's what it is. If, if there is no love, it's empty. God is love. And God man, love manifested himself on the earth. When Jesus came, that was love. Love created the whole world. Love created you and I. And if you don't operate in love, you're not operating in God. First John tells you that. If you don't love, you don't know God. If you don't love, you haven't seen God. So love is very important. And if we want the gifts of the Spirit to operate among us, it's got to be coming out of love. Otherwise, it doesn't reach anybody. It changes no life. And though I have gifts of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains. You have the faith. It didn't say you have removed mountains. You could, right? You could didn't mean you are doing it. You have the ability to, but there is no love. It will work. That's what he's saying. It's not going to work. It's, it's right there in the scriptures. Can you see it, brothers and sisters? It's right there. It's right there. I could remove mountains, but I have not love. I am nothing. The faith to remove mountain is there, but it's not doing anything. That's what he's saying. So, we focus on love. For me, I said it in my heart, I said from the time I was saved. I love Christians. They are the best people on the earth. Can I hear an amen? Christians are the best. Even when they act ugly, they're still the best for me. I always love them. I just love Christians. I don't like unbelievers too much. I love them when they get saved, okay? <laughs> I love to be around Christians, especially those of them that won't shut up talking about scriptures and the word of God and want to talk about and fellowship around the world. I like to stay around those people. I feed of those people. They're my family. Amen. You got to love them. You got to love God's people. You have to love them. It is now it comes to sacrifice. A lot of people want to sacrifice. Do I bestow all my goods? And you're doing all this stuff. And, but if there's no love, even if you give your body to be burned, it profits you nothing. You know, when I think about that, I think about Judas, right? Judas, you know, Judas was remorseful, right? He said, I betrayed innocent blood, Remember? And he went and killed himself. There is no love there still. 
profit him nothing. You can do that and God doesn't even notice. You know, every work will be tried with fire. And some works will be burned. Even if it's done in the Holy Spirit. Let me see. See this. It says you tie scriptures together, you know. Jesus said, on that day, many will come, right? I read that. And I've seen miracles. <laughs> I just don't bother with the miracles much. Because many will come on that day. When Jesus said, many will say to me on that day, he's not just talking. It will happen. Oh, yes. I just don't want to be among those many saying, didn't we cast out devils and did many signs? I don't want to be in that crowd. I want to be in that crowd that he says, good and faithful servant. Even if I didn't cast out one devil. And then when I cast out a devil, I have to wonder, God, please, don't let me be in that crowd. Okay? It's very important. Because you do that and the gifts are working, but there's no love there. There's no love there. It won't profit you. Not in this world, not the world to come. So we put these things in context, okay? Sometimes we just read, we go through, we don't understand that God has a bigger message than just the gift. I want the gifts. No, there are other things to consider. There are other things to consider with regards to the gift. Why do you really want the gift? So everybody can say, like uh, the sorcerer, you know, the power of God. Oh, when he moved, those things are meaningless. When it comes to heavens, what heaven is doing. They are very important when it's done in Christ and out of love. That's the point on this. So Peter tells us, First Peter 1 verse 22, since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth through the Spirit. How many have obeyed the true truth? All of us, right? Since you have purified your soul in obeying the truth. So when you obey the truth, that's the way of purifying your soul. See how scripture works? You want to be pure? Obey the word of God. Obey the scriptures. Obey God's word. And it's through the spirit. In sincere love of the brethren. Then it tells us, love one another fervently. With a pure heart. You purified yourself, you need to love one another. I say these scriptures. I pray that God will burn the scripture in your heart. So strong. So you can overlook when people make mistakes. And you can forgive them when they say bad things about you. And they will. And sometimes God allows it to test you how you are going to react. And if you don't act right, he knows you haven't. You haven't been to the top of the mountain yet. With him. Where you see visions of God, right? Forgiveness. When you love fervently. You know, when people come and they are picky on people, I can tell something is wrong here. When they are always finding fault, 
something is generally wrong, believe me. Because love, when you love, you don't see it. You don't see it. Manu, can I tell you about this? You know, Angel and I, we met T.L. husband in Tulsa. Uh, that was the first time we met him in person. This is a man that is internationally known. As soon as we walked in, he knew we were from Africa. And he was looking at us. He couldn't wait to talk to us. You know, remember Angela? And he was looking at us. We went to a table. It was a small Chinese restaurant. We went to a table and we were sitting. And he was almost sure these are Africans. And he was looking at us. They were talking. And Angela was saying, that looks like the man that you always talk about. And I wanted to turn back. I said, don't turn. They're looking at us. Don't turn. They're looking at us. He said, he, he's never met us before. Didn't know who we were. Didn't know we were pastors. We were there for pastor's conference. But he just citing us and knowing that we are from the place where God has sent him, then he was in love. He, he couldn't stop himself. This is a great man known all over the world. So finally, Angela and I, we were enjoying our Chinese food. We forgot about them. And then I stood up to get some more seconds, okay? You guys don't get seconds. I went to get seconds. And as I was turning around, again, his eyes were fixed on me. And I turned around and I said, oh my God, dear, he got up immediately. Yes, he said. And he hugged me and Angela immediately came to us. And he was so glad to meet me. And he said, wow, I met T.L. He's a man from the 19... Oh, I don't want to go there. <laughs> okay. I've known about this guy for so long. And Angela was telling him, oh, he couldn't wait to see your foundation. Because I saw that earlier. He wasn't there. And he said, oh, you want it? He said, but I closed it down because of the meeting. And I said, oh, I really wanted to go back there. He says, okay, I'm going to try to open it up next year. If you are assigned that others want to do the same. For me, yes. And immediately he said, where are you from? And I said, uh, from Nigeria. And he turned around and said, Margaret. That's the woman uh, that actually helped Pentecostal movement all over the country. They're still well known to today. But I could see the joy of meeting me. You know, it's an amazing thing. Love. Love. No wonder God used him so greatly. He just, he loved people. I had a fellow that I took over watching, watching him on satellite. He was crying. And he said to me, I said, why are you crying, Louis? He said, I don't understand it. That man has too much love. <laughs> I, can't, I can't understand him. Somebody said, can you see all of these things going on in the U.S.? It's crazy. He said, I don't see it. This is a beautiful place, he said. You can worship freely, he said. It, that's love. Love over, overlooks so many things. So when I meet somebody, they're finding fault, critical. They're not operating in God. The chair is not, that chair is dirty. And all of those things that, if it's dirty, fix it. Hello? Fix it. So we don't worry about it. And we can focus on why we really came, well, the reason we came here, to worship God. Don't direct my mind to something that is not him. And Sunday morning, because you don't like it, you're drawing away from him. Let me focus on him and not how loud he's playing that guitar. 
Block one ear if he's burdening you. I mean, that's what's happening in the church. And, and it's not their fault. Please understand. It's not a criticism. What the enemy is doing is finding, giving them something to divide themselves, to separate themselves, so that the Spirit of God cannot freely move among us. Watch out. Just basically, I'm not going there, Satan. I see it. And pray about it and move on and focus on him. That's the important thing. And if we do that, the Spirit of God will move. Some days, you know, we pray here, and Angela asks the uh, people to, I see that what God's doing at the ark right now. I'm very glad. Angela tells the people to uh, fill out the connection card. That's before I come up. And I get to the office. They have checked out, I'm receiving Jesus as my Lord and Savior today. Nobody preached to them. Nobody preached to them. They did it before the message. After praise and worship. Why? He can save them. He doesn't need my preaching to save them. They came to his house to look for him. And maybe somebody shook their hand and said a few lovely words to them. And they said, I like this place. I'm going to give my life to Jesus today. And they checked it out. Do you think God saw that? Oh, yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. He may have used you even before the musicians start to sing. The key is love and unity. And the third thing, harmony. Let everything be done decently and in order. That's the point. And he says this on all scriptures. That's the foundation for the gifts of the Spirit. When you have all that, things done in harmony, there is knowledge, okay? Things done in harmony, there is love, there is unity. And you combine that with knowledge, and people are willing, the gifts pour out upon ordinary people. Ordinary people. That's the foundation for the gifts. And I pray that this church, pray for our church. You know, it's not about us. It's about the body of Christ. And God can use this church and us. If we are willing, we have a few here tonight, but God can use us greatly. If we decide we're going to be faithful to our God and be, and, and be in unity and love one another, stop all the cutting and all of that stuff, and love, and God starts doing wonderful things among us. And then when I talk about people checking, it's not one or two. There's several people that have checked, given their lives to the Lord Jesus before the message. I only find out when I get to the office there. It's very important we stay in unity because then we really open it up for the Spirit of God to move. We hear, I I don't know what's going on, but He is the Lord. Amen? The Spirit of the Lord, He's walking among us and He's walking walking with us. And when we, we divided no unity, and we're not showing love, we make it hard for him. That's what the Bible, don't quench the spirit. You read that before? And I'm thinking, who's going to stop the Holy Spirit? He's the Holy Spirit. This unity can stop him. Right? He can stop him. The bitterness and hatred can stop him from reaching after the person that somebody is invited to church. So when we all come together in great unity, I'm taking a little bit more time, I'll quit. Wait, 
But when we come together in unity, God draws them because it's a, it's a wholesome place for them to go. They drive by, they want to come. And as soon as they come, they feel the presence. They don't understand, but they feel happy. They're depressed. Now, they, they, as they walk in, because the Holy Spirit is here, they, guess what? Uh, deliverance. That depressed spirit lives from them, and they feel good. And they worship, and they're happy. Why? You haven't done anything. It's the Spirit that's doing it. He gets the glory. Amen? We must walk in unity. We must walk in love. And there should be harmony among us. Stand up with me tonight. Can't go further than that. But we're going to be talking about the gifts of the Spirit. That's the aspect for knowledge. And talk about what they are. And uh, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide us. Never do anything uh, to gain advantage. Look at me. You know, like, I did this. That's cheap. Especially when you're dealing with him. And he sees your heart. He sees your heart. Do it because you want to help people. Open yourself up to the gifts of the Spirit. Not because I have this gift. But because you want to help somebody. And God will work through you. That's the base. You have the foundation love. And then you can walk with your fellow brother and sister. You know, God's speaking to us here tonight, all of us. We feel here. But if just these people here tonight decide we are going to walk together in unity and we will defend God's work in this place, it's not my ministry, it's His ministry. We walk together, you watch what God will do. Just among us, okay? Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and give Him thanks? Just bless the Holy Spirit tonight. If He's spoken to you tonight, thank Him for the revelation He's given to you. Because in so, in so doing, we can all be healed here tonight. And our hearts can be mended by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because He is here. He is here tonight. He is here tonight. Father, we thank You. Lord Jesus, we thank You. Holy Spirit, we welcome Your presence here tonight. Lord, I see giants before you right here tonight. They are your children. And you can make them great victors, oh God. Giants before the Lord. To do exploits in the name of Jesus. Through your spirit. To snatch people from hell. To bring salvation to those who were lost. Healings. Deliverance in the name of Jesus. Speak to your people, even at night, in the dream. Speak to them that they are able to go up and take, up, take that country, to take those people, to take that family for God, for His kingdom. Thank you, Lord God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. God bless.